You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed in Markham, in Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan, in Stowville, in Woodbridge, in Unionville. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer with York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. What a week for Premier Doug Ford. His government extended Ontario's state of emergency until May 12th. Schools will remain closed for now. Long-term care and group homes have come into sharp focus as the number of residents with COVID-19 continues to rise as do fatalities. But through it all, there have been rays of sunshine, glimmers of hope as Ontarians, citizens and businesses pull out all the stops to make the best of it. Premier Doug Ford joins us now on the feed. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you so much for your leadership, getting the message out uh, on social distancing and and just, uh, you know, getting the message out to the 14.5 million people of Ontario and every everyone in is, is pitching in right now. And I've never been more proud of, of uh, people in Ontario and, and being a Canadian. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Let's talk about some of the uh, amazing things, big and small. Everything makes a difference, doesn't it? So you hear every single day uh, high-profile sports figures, everyday citizens like the rest of us who are doing things that never in a million years did they think they were going to be doing. That, that, that's so so true. And uh, I guess uh, if there's anyone could relate is is your father. During, during you know, wartime, everyone pitched in and... And uh, we have uh, seniors that have sewing machines at home that are, are sewing masks. We have companies stepping up, uh, making uh, surgical masks, especially the auto part manufacturing uh, companies. They're, they're pitching in. And uh, we, On the portal, when we said uh, call for action, we had uh, 16,000 people uh, go to the portal on the first day. It's, it's absolutely amazing how uh, everyone's doing their part. And that, that's the reason, and. Uh, where we see a glimmer of hope, uh, especially in our hospitals um, right now, and that uh, allows us to uh, move some staff over to long-term care uh, because of the, the great work the people of Ontario have done. And, you know, you put out the call. You, in your daily briefings, you are very uh, clear about how grateful you are to the citizens of Ontario, but you also explain what's going on and allow people to be creative and innovative and figure out ways that they can help. Uh, do, do they ever? And the creativity is just absolutely amazing how quickly uh, people, number one, can change their lives, but companies as well can change over their lines from uh, making a certain widget over to making face shields or, or gowns and uh, surgical gowns and surgical masks. And uh, I've never seen anything like it, but I've always said from... Uh, day one since I've been elected, the ingenuity and the talent we have in Ontario, uh, I'd put it up against anyone in the world. There's there's no region in the world that uh, has an economic uh, powerhouse, a manufacturing powerhouse, engineering uh, might that, that Ontario has. 
And everyone's uh, seeing it now. And, you know, Premier, there's a trickle-down effect, if you think of it. There are companies, for instance, there's a great big pasta maker in Brampton, Ontario, that is, there is such demand for uh, dry goods like pasta because they last a long time. That that company has now begun uh, production seven days a week, and they have increased their hiring. So that very positive trickle-down effect, and they're still donating to food banks and to seniors' homes. Yeah, it's a, I tell Pasta, they're an incredible company, family-run company, and and they're they're all in. They're you know they're supporting so many different uh, regions of not not just our province but across the country, and helping out at food banks as as well. And uh, I just want to thank uh, the the family there and. They're doing an incredible job along with uh, so many other uh, companies. How do we keep them energized? You know, this is not going to go away anytime soon, and it, it is exhausting uh, for so many people trying to understand what's happening and trying to contribute as much as they possibly can. What's your advice in terms of remaining committed and energized? Well, again, we, we just thank them from the bottom of our heart. Uh, we rely on, on companies like this, right right down uh, the, the whole supply chain, uh, where, where it starts the truck drivers and the grocery clerks have been absolutely amazing in these stores. And I just ask everyone, when you go buy your groceries, uh, when you check out, just, just give them a thank you, because they're, they're uh, sacrificing a tremendous amount. Uh, not only is it uh, you know a lot of strain on themselves, it's a strain on their families when they when they go home. But th- this is how we're going to get through uh, this this terrible, terrible pandemic and uh, beat this uh, terrible, deadly virus that we're we're facing just by uh, working together, uniting together. And I'm just again so proud of uh, everyone here in Ontario. And Premier, you not only talk the talk, you walk the walk. You've been in York Region helping load trucks with supplies. Kudos to you. Well, I appreciate it, Anne. Everyone has to jump in there, and uh, so many times I'll, I'll get a call that we have a supply of masks. And uh, you know, in, in crisis, you don't you don't wait. As, as your father taught you many things, my dad taught me many things. And one thing is, uh, when you when you have a, a chance and there's an opportunity. To uh, help someone out, uh, don't wait a day. Don't don't wait uh, for tomorrow. What you can do today, and so that's that's the reason we jump on that and, in a heartbeat. Because the PPE uh, supply, as as much as it's getting uh, better, uh, moving forward, uh, we should never ever rely on foreign countries on critical items like PPE. And now the the manufacturers are out there, and, and new industries actually are going to uh, be started over over what what's happened here. So we can't rely on anyone else. We, we, like I was saying earlier, we have the manufacturing, might the engineering, might the ingenuity, and uh, people will, will step up and uh, create new companies. What do you need now? Well, right, right now it's a, uh, ongoing. We, we always need the uh, N95 masks, even though we have a fairly good supply, and we, we always need the surgical masks uh, because they're all coming uh, from, from Asia right now. And we need to manufacture here to start producing. Now, there are uh, uh, companies that have come up with some creative, creative ideas. Uh, Woodbridge uh, Auto Parts, they're, they're one of the, the companies that are making the N95 masks as, as well as, as with uh, Martin yesterday. And so they switched over their line along with uh, a few other companies that are making masks. So 
we, we need as many of those as possible. We're, we're going through a, a couple million of the surgical masks every single week. So it's a big, big, big volume. But uh, everyone's pitching in, and uh, right now, if you if you're retired and you're you're healthy and you're able and willing, um, we we have a, a call to action for any retired uh, healthcare workers to come back. And the first day, these are, these are just amazing figures. In the first day, we had eight thousand calls for duty. It, it was it's just mind mind boggling. All these people coming back from retirement and willing to help, but they're they're salt of the earth. They're the most resilient people uh, anywhere in the world, right here in, in Ontario. And as we look to the future, uh, what do you think you will need from Ontario citizens? You did mention the call to action, retired uh, folks in a particular line of work. Do you think that's going to expand? Will you need help from other retirees who have incredible experience and, you know, life experience and work experience. Yeah, you, you, you uh, nailed it right there. Uh, no one has more experience than uh, a lot of these folks that were in the healthcare and in other areas as, as well. Uh, we're relying on uh, General Vance. As, uh, General Vance called and anything we can help you with on contact tracing or anything. Some of the, the best trained people in the world are from our Canadian forces and I'm so proud of them as, as well. They're they're there, standing by, uh, willing to do whatever it takes. So we're we're going to need uh, more people in the healthcare industry. And and when um, you know when this is all over, I encourage the young people uh, go to college uh, up at Humber or other colleges that have nursing programs. Uh, become a doctor. This will uh, really really help out in, in the long term. I find it interesting, and this is just a personal observation, the type of leadership that has now been required uh, from you, uh, and you have risen to the occasion and above and beyond. You know, I, I take away all political, uh, any kind of intonation whatsoever. This is strictly uh, uh, on a personal level. You know, who knew that you were going to have to lead the charge when it came to a pandemic that is affecting so many Ontarians? Well, I, I appreciate that, Anne. I just give all the credit to, you know, the 14.5 million people in this province that have stepped up and and really uh, followed, uh, for the most part, the protocol from the chief medical officer. And everyone's pitching in. Everyone uh, realizes we're one big family and we're going to support each other. And that, that's what makes... Uh, makes my job a lot easier. Premier, are you optimistic about our future? I'm, I'm very optimistic, uh, especially when the time comes, and I'm, I'm going to go strictly based on uh, the health experts and science uh, when we go back to go back to work, because we are going to uh, get back to work eventually, but uh, we're going to go very, very slowly. We aren't going to jump in into this, and uh, we're going to listen to the, the health professionals before we do anything. But once we light a fire underneath the, uh, you know, the companies here in Ontario, they're they're just gnawing at the bit to to get out there and, and start producing. If you think back, right before this uh, pandemic hit us, we were leading per capita North America in economic development and job creation, and uh, we there was three hundred over three hundred thousand people that uh, found a job in the last year and a half because we had the economy booming. And I'll never forget the conversation I had with the Prime Minister. I said, 
you know, we're short 250,000 people to fill the jobs here in Ontario. We, we're just absolutely booming, and then out of nowhere, bang, we get hit with this pandemic. And and uh, thank thank God, uh, you know, over the last 18 months, we were able to be, uh, you know, fiscally conservative, let's say, and and save a few dollars. That that's helped out a tremendous amount because you never know, and that's with everyone's personal life. Uh, you always have to save a few dollars in the cookie jar there if if you can, because you never know when the rainy day comes. Premier Ford, who's guiding you? Who do you turn to for support? Well, re- really, the, the, the people. I have a lot of people give me advice uh, on the medical side. I have some of the brightest medical minds anywhere in the country sitting at our COVID command table in uh, all areas of expertise. So uh, first and foremost, I, I listen to the health experts. And uh, really what keeps me going are the stories that I hear about companies and people going above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, that's, that's what gives me energy every, every single day when I hear these stories. And we will get through this, and we're going to come out stronger than ever before. On that optimistic note, I will say goodbye, and I thank you so much for joining us on the feed, Premier Doug Ford. Well, thank, thank you so much, Anne, and God bless the people of this uh, great province. So thank you. You take care. And you as well. Thank you. I'm Anne Romer, and this is a special edition of The Feed with a focus on how so many companies and individuals are reinventing themselves. Afua Ball with a local restaurant doing just that. So we have a local restaurant here in the region, uh, and it is a restaurant, but it's now switched over to being a hand sanitizer manufacturer. And to talk about how this local restaurant has switched gears in order to help uh, residents during this COVID-19 pandemic is President of Perla Oyster Bar and Grill, Mark Frizzoli. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Uh, so first off, uh, just tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, well, we uh, opened up the restaurant a few months ago, but uh, we have uh, a number of businesses uh, in the area. We're uh, in the healthcare field and, um, and we're engaging some other uh, businesses. And uh, I myself am actually in law school as well. <laughs> so we have, we have a few things on the go. All right, man of many hats. That's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. So um, how did the idea come about to make um, hand sanitizer during these this time? Well, what happened was our family actually was in the soaps and detergents business years ago. And uh, my father had a proper manufacturing facility uh, in the Toronto area, over 100 people on staff. And we used to manufacture this stuff years ago, but we sold that and we moved into other business ventures. Um, but we had the experience and the know-how of how to make hand sanitizer, and we had uh, sort of all the right connections, and luckily a lot of people we dealt with years ago were still in business, uh, so we were just able to uh, put the pieces of the puzzle back together again. That's awesome. And so uh, was this decision to make the hand sanitizer before the provincial government started making the call out to local businesses for help? This, uh, you have to forgive me, I'm not too familiar when that was, but uh, we uh, did this probably now at least over a month ago. This would have been in March we uh, started shifting over. How much hand sanitizer have you produced since then? Uh, we've manufactured of our small bottles because we're making two sizes of the 70, excuse me, 70 ml bottles. Uh, we've done at least over 100,000, uh, probably closer to 200,000 right now. And then of the 4-liter gallons, uh, that's in the tens of thousands. I don't have the exact count, but... That's well over 10,000 of the small bottles, well over 100,000 at this point. That's such great work. And where have the hand sanitizers been sent to? Uh, we're working with uh, retail partners, um, a couple of uh, a couple of select ones. 
Uh, as well, uh, we also, anyone can stop by the restaurant and uh, pick it up. Uh, we are offering free hand sanitizer to anyone over 65 as well. Um, and we've been handing that out the past few weeks. Anyone that walks in over the age of 65, even if someone wants to come pick it up for their parents, if their parents can't leave the house, stop by and uh, the least we can do is they get a free hand sanitizer bottle. I know it's a small thing, but uh, we're just trying to do our our small part to help out. But you know what, a small thing, it really does go a long way. So of course, kudos to you and uh, your staff for doing this. Um, I was reading, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, sort of the, the manufacturing shift has also helped to keep staff on payroll? Uh, well, the manufacturing is done at a, pa- a proper manufacturing facility that we've contracted out to. But we do do some of the labeling and packaging here. So we've been able to keep uh, a number of our people uh, still on the payroll uh, doing that. And it's quite an amazing thing to see because you have people that traditionally are doing other jobs, like our, our chefs and our cooks or the, the servers, that kind of thing. And everyone's uh, switched over and we're packaging, we're labeling. And uh, it's a team effort and everyone's helping out. Um, and we're a family business as well. I got myself, uh, my brothers, my father, we're all while helping out and then doing what we uh, have to do. Talk to me about how it feels to be sort of lending a helping hand during this time in terms of maybe you switching the restaurant into a manufacturing facility, if you will, in terms of uh, delivering resources uh, to people that need it. Um, we're just doing our, our little part. We were fortunate that we were in the business before and we were able to do it again. Um, uh, we, we just got lucky in that sense. Uh, but, I mean, we did have to... Uh, um, we have to be kind of creative in how we did things. For example, the uh, small bottles, the 60 ml, the two ounce bottles, were out of stock everywhere in Canada and the states for about four to eight weeks. We actually started manufacturing our own bottles, and we were able to contract with the company and have a proper uh, mold done. And we had to do all that from scratch. Otherwise, if we were waiting from the distributors, we we wouldn't be manufacturing right now. We'd still be waiting for bottles. Um, so it's one of those things we were pretty creative again because we're a smaller family-run firm. Uh, we can react to things quickly, um, and we're pretty innovative, and we were in the business before. Um, but uh, you, you have to you have to be creative with the thing. If you're going to wait for the traditional distributors, uh, there's a lot of people I know that are still waiting for bottles and, and caps and that kind of thing. It, you really have to get creative, and you just have to... Um, you got to call around. you got to work hard. We're doing 12, 14-hour days here. The hand sanitizers, um, alongside sort of giving it to other distributors, uh, have you been maybe distributing it to locally to maybe, uh, you know, healthcare centers, uh, long-term care homes that might need these this equipment? Well, we're, we're getting calls from, from them as well. We're, we're trying our best to, to fill as many orders as we can. Um, the, the one big limitation that we have is the supply of, uh, of the type of alcohol that goes into hand sanitizer. So we're doing our best to get uh, our hands on as much as possible. Um, but that's, that's kind of the big limitation, but we're doing, we're doing everything we can. I know one of our retail partners, um, she gives a number of, um, of bottles away. I think she also works with homeless shelters, uh, and they're really good with that. And we're also being selective on the retail partners that we deal with. Um, we want to know kind of what they're, uh, what they're selling it for, uh, and if they're giving a, a certain percentage of it away, um, to frontline workers or to, uh, uh vulnerable groups such as the homeless. Uh, we want to make sure that because we're not gouging on our end on what we're uh, wholesaling the product for. We want to make sure retailers aren't gouging uh, on their end. And so far, i got to say, it's really been a team effort, and nobody that we've been selling to um, that we know of has uh, has been gouging, and no one wants to do that. This is an essential product. We're fortunate we're able to provide it. We're fortunate we're able to make as much as we can, and um, this isn't a time where people can be can be greedy. No business person at this point, I think if you're looking out for yourself here, you've got the wrong mentality. You know, it's everyone has to make a you know a fair and reasonable profit. We all get that, but to be greedy to gouge the public, it's that's just not right. And we've heard instances of that. 
and uh, we're we're not in business uh, to to gouge anyone. That's not how we do business. That's not how my father brought me up to do business, and uh, I don't do business that way. That's a great message there to give out to the listeners. And um, finally, what's your message maybe to frontline healthcare workers, first responders, or anyone that's really helping out during this outbreak? I, I mean, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm in the right position to have a message. I'm, I'm just a business person. Just We're just trying to do our part. Uh, but obviously, um, uh, you know, we, we thank them for everything they do. Um, I had an experience with a couple of paramedics uh, recently. They had to... Uh, actually help out my mother and 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 god bless them i, I don't know um, you know they came in and they actually were telling me they've heard of instances where people have even tried breaking into ambulances to take their masks or their sanitizer and it's it's obscene hearing that because these guys they, they literally do put their lives on the line and uh, i know i'm grateful our whole family's grateful for what they do if we see even police officers or we're giving them even some of our sanitizer bottles if we see them uh, or anyone that, that's on the front lines it's um it's a tough job, and uh, you know we, we we thank them for everything they do. All the people on the front line and down the line, you know, you're not just your first responders. You have absolutely everyone that's dealing with the public. You got paramedics, police officers. Um, I don't want to miss anyone. You have nurses, home care nurses. I, there's a good friend of mine. She's a home care nurse, and she goes around, and they're having a tough time getting gloves. I'm actually trying to find a source for gloves right now because um, they're having a tough time, and prices have skyrocketed for the front line workers. So we're just again, we're just a small business. We're just trying to do our small part um, to help out. But everyone's got to help out. You know, even everyone, even the cashiers, everyone's got to, everyone's got to help out and just say thank you to those guys because they, they really are. They're on the front lines. They put their lives on the line. Awesome, and I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, uh, Mark Frizzoli, the president of uh, Perla Oyster Bar and Grill. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this afternoon. And of course, um, I know you're saying it's a little thing that you're doing on your side, but I'm telling you that the help really does go a long way. Probably countless people that you've helped you don't even realize. So, uh, you know, I just thank you for your part in helping out, uh, of course, during these difficult times and, of course, stronger together. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And the list of those changing their business models doesn't stop there. Tina Cortez with a local restaurant owner reinventing the way they do business. Jason Goodis is the owner-operator of Smash Kitchen and Bar in Markham and Next Door Restaurant on Main Street, Unionville. Jason, welcome to the feed. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So can you tell us, let's start with your work life before COVID-19. What was that like? So um, everyone who knows me, uh, I'm, a, I'm a workaholic. I've always chosen uh, work over everything else in my life, um, meaning that I've missed birthdays, celebrations, whatever the case may be. So I was working a good solid 70, maybe 80 hours a week for the past uh, for the past eight years since um, I took over Smash. And uh, with that, it came from everything: so ordering, hiring. Uh, functions, events, brunch, dinner, catering, you name it. That's what I've been looking after for the last eight years of my life. And I'm sure that running a couple restaurants then could be all-consuming, as you said. You missed a lot of family functions and other events. So tell me now about how life has changed since COVID-19. Well, the first thing I could say is that I've never been so pleased to be able to answer my phone to uh, to my family and friends who call uh, being able to get back to text messages within a timely manner. Uh, it's, it's, I've also been exercising seven days a week. Um, it, it's, it's a very interesting feeling, um, but even with that being said, I've still remained dedicated to the restaurants to make sure that they are surviving everything that is going on. And how are you doing that? I mean, you run restaurants. 
people are not coming into restaurants. Even I'm sure the takeout aspect of your business has changed. So what are you doing to keep things going? So in, in my eyes, the, the best way to just keep anything going in life is to, you, you have to be innovative and you have to be resilient and you have to just every single time get pushed over or just get back up again. You know, this is, this is my livelihood. It's, it's, it's everything to me. Um, I love Smash Kitchen and Bar, which is my, which is my first, um, with all of my heart. And if anything ever happened to it, then it's more than just losing the restaurant. It's a hundred individuals losing their jobs. Um, and we all know exactly how hard the job market's going to be once everything gets back to normal. And I have to make sure that I'm saving them. You know, as of right now, we have about 150 people under these two restaurants, and they need jobs to come back to, and I need a job to come back to. You know, this is my livelihood. So I guess the way to keep it going is to just literally be ahead of ahead of everything, ahead of the curve. You know, looking at what other restaurants are doing or what other companies are doing, not to focus on necessarily being competitive, but to being sort of individual and really showcasing what you have to offer. So, for example, with Smash Kitchen and Bar, so yes, I did sign on to the online ordering platforms, which I promised myself I'd never do. And But the ways to get yourself to the top of those lists was to put on a promotion, for example. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of restaurants on all the Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, Fedora, etc. So if no one can see you, then how are they going to order from you? But what I've noticed is that if you put on a promotion, you get moved right to the top, and it shows you all the restaurants that currently have promotions on, which are very few, because a lot of restaurants feel that they need to be pulling in the entire amount per dish as opposed to relying on the quantity of orders that are coming in. Sometimes it is about the quantity versus the quality of guest check average that can help make your business survive. So that was just one thing that I did. Um, secondly, we put on family platters, weekly platters. We've reduced our prices on our menu uh, by anywhere between 10 to 15%, and then on top of that, offer 15% off all takeout orders. So anyone who's coming in or calling in to pick up, they're receiving an additional 15% off. Yet again, less labor. You have more ability to stretch your food cost to be a little bit thinner and still make, still cover your costs in the meantime. So obviously this isn't the ideal way you wanted to run your restaurants, your businesses. What's your advice for other businesses like you going through this, going through these tough times right now? What do you want to say to them? So with everyone going through these tough times, I want to just point out that the more you give is the more you get. And right now it's about a full circle. It's about everyone doing their part and helping one another. You know, the, the first week of operation, before I even really started doing the takeout program, we had someone reach out to me from Bethany Lodge Senior Home, which is right around the corner from me. And we all know exactly what's going on with the senior homes right now and all the cases that are going on asking for a donation for the frontline workers. And they originally wanted to actually pay us a portion, but I covered everything for them. And since we did that, there was actually a gentleman who was in whose mother-in-law lives in that home, in that, in that senior home, and he gave a $50 gratuity towards my staff who are currently working. So it's amazing on how much, if you just give a little bit or even give a lot, you're going to get so much more in return. You know, that's why during regular operation you donate to, you, you donate to charities or you sponsor uh, teams by giving either a gift, cert- a gift certificate, food, um, a monetary donation for their jerseys, whatever the case may be. You have to give back. And right now, 
although I'm a big fan of Kevin O'Leary, you know, he says make money first before you, you know, give to charity. But right now it has to be the opposite. Right now you have to give as much as you possibly can without hurting your financial status. And if you do that, it will turn around tenfold for you. Well, talking about giving, you're part of a project called Canadians Care. What can you tell us about that? So Canadians Care was an, sorry, is an initiative that was started by three local women in Unionville. And they were reaching out to different Markham businesses to provide food or takeout lunches for anyone at Markham Stovall Hospital that is either in ICU, um, frontline janitorial staff, which, by the way, they don't get enough credit. The, the people who are sanitizing and cleaning everything for us, we really, really need to thank them. I think it's so important. Um, patients in ICU, doctors, nurses, etc. So um, Andrea, when she reached out to me, um, she was asking to see if I'd be interested in maybe you know helping out with 50 meals, where they would be covering um, a portion of the cost for each each meal for uh, the patients and the uh, frontline workers that are there. Um, as we're getting through the conversation, I was learning that most restaurants can only accommodate you know 25 or 50 meals. Where at that point I understood that why don't I just cover the whole thing? You know, why don't I just do the 800 to 1,000 meals? Um, gives me the opportunity to bring more staff back, and I know we can do it. And although I'm not, although we offer catering, we offer limited takeout, this is not my area of expertise. But the one thing I really know how to do is be hospitable and make sure that everything is done so perfectly um, to the level that every single person will enjoy. And that's always my ultimate focus. So these ladies started this program with the folk, with the with the hopes of doing one time per week, every single week, to support all these different local businesses and restaurants to have them provide food for the hospital while raising money within our community to help fund those restaurants at the exact same time. So not only are they helping the patients, the doctors, and the nurses, but they're also helping support local businesses without, without receiving anything for themselves. So I'm, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude towards these three ladies. And I'm sure that feeling is mutual. Jason, thank you so much for what you're doing, for your plans for April 23rd. If our listeners want takeout from Smash Kitchen and Bar or Next Door Restaurant, how do they connect with you? Um, so they can either info, they, sorry, they can either info, they can either email us at info at smashkitchen.com. They can call us at 905 940 or for any of those individuals who just want to reach out and have a conversation where they may need help with their business, um, they can feel free to reach out directly to me at either of those contact numbers or um, on my cell phone as well, 647-987-6993. It's time to help each other. Well said. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the feed. Good luck to you, your businesses, your employees. Thank you, sir, and thank you, and thank you so much for your support. You know, Doing this with us, it means the world to us. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer. Over now to Jim Lang with the story of one man's plan to feed our frontline workers. One thing we've discovered during this COVID-19 situation is just random people in the community, business people, uh, whatever you want, deciding to do something special to try to make a difference. One of those is someone I got to know last year during the Seal Fit Challenge to help out Dementia Baycrest Hospital is Jamie Conan. Jamie has started a special GoFundMe campaign to help out those in need who need 
special things, especially frontline workers at hospitals. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Jim. Well, it's a pleasure. Why, why you? Why did you feel the need to start this? And I mean, you're already a busy man to begin with and take on this challenge, Jamie. Yeah. So, firstly, I work in healthcare technology where I educate uh, frontline workers on how to care for people in hospitals or home care. And I'm seeing and hearing stories how brutal it is out there um, for them in terms of, you know, uh, working long hours, having no uh, personal protection equipment, sharing equipment. So I thought it would be a nice idea to uh, get my family together and provide some lunches for them and anything that we could do to a little spoil them uh, while they're out doing their jobs being heroes to the rest of the city. I know you've been taking food and lunches to people like Markham Stobel Hospital, St. Mike's Hospital. What's been the reception and response when you bring the food to these frontline healthcare workers? Oh, it's been incredible. I mean, firstly, uh, you know, when we went to Markham Stobel Hospital, as you can imagine, there, there are very strict uh, ways of how we can deliver the food. So everything has to be individually packaged at the right temperature. Uh, we preset the time that we come so they can come to the car and pick it up. So everyone, everyone remains safe. And uh, I've received so many pictures of, uh, you know, I've had the janitorial staff, the volunteers, the nurses, the personal support workers, the doctors all enjoy the food. Uh, so it's been incredible. We did 400 lunches uh, to Markham Stovall Hospital, and it's been great feedback. It's funny you mentioned this, the janitorial staff, Jamie, because I'm hearing that from a few people. They're sort of the, unfor- the forgotten unsung heroes in all of this because they're cleaning 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we forget about them. We're doing uh, other things like going into pharmacies uh, as well because they're obviously working very long hours. We're actually also doing supermarkets. Uh, we've contacted Loblaws and Metro and Sobeys uh, to go into there because all the cashiers in there are also uh, have become essential. And, of course, we know uh, many times they're lower-income people and they could use any help that we can give them. Uh, so we've been trying to think of who could use any help and come out and uh, do that for them. Now, you started a GoFundMe campaign. You're asking for $18 from donors, uh, GoFundMe.com, and it, the title is Let's Fuel Our Heroes, Hospital Frontline Workers. How has the response been to the GoFundMe so far, Jamie? Yeah, it's, it's been incredible. We've had so many people share the page. You know, I'm only asking for $18. I realize that it's very difficult for people. We all know people who have lost their businesses or have lost jobs. So we're asking anyone who can do $18, please do it. If you can't, maybe share our page on your Facebook or Instagram or any type of social media. And it's been incredible. We've fed uh, about 1,200 meals so far, and we want to keep on going. So I appreciate you uh, talking to me. You know, Jamie, you talk about what you do for a living. Has anything up until now prepared for you? prepared you for what you've witnessed and what you've experienced over the last month? Absolutely not. Uh, This has been just like it's been crazy for everybody. Uh, It's uh, it's something I've never seen, and I've seen such incredible uh, giving from human beings. You know, both Jim and I, you talked about Baycrest. Uh, they're obviously a hospital that's dear to both of our hearts and we've raised money for them. Uh, they've been incredible in 
accepting donations and putting them in the right place and actually giving donations back where they have extras. Uh, that's another place if people are looking to uh, help. Baycrest is always looking as well. Yeah, Markham, Stovall, uh, South Lake, all of them, and and you know, I, we drive by hospitals and senior centers and long-term care facilities, Jamie, all the time, and go, "Oh, that's nice," but we don't realize what they go through. The, I, I know, as an average citizen, Jamie, man, this has opened my eyes. Like, I applaud you. You guys are all heroes every day. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing if you think and you read about in the news about these hospitals. They all have at least one individual who's COVID positive. The retirement homes all have someone who's COVID positive, And these support workers are coming into work every day and putting their lives at risk every day for the better good. So it's pretty amazing how incredible they are. Now, through all this delivering these lunches and food to Markham Stobel Hospital and other hospitals and healthcare facilities, how's your health, Jamie? Are you good? Yeah, everything's fantastic with me. I'm, I, I'm being very safe, and my family, thank God, is is good as well. Uh, I do travel a lot. Believe it or not, I was in Spain just six, seven weeks ago, but uh, I am good, and uh, we're obviously being very careful, doing social distancing, staying at home, and uh, doing all we can to keep everyone else safe. Tiger King, believe me, your wife and you will love it. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen it. We've binge watched it over one night. Yes, we've seen it already. Jamie Cohen, GoFundMe. Let's fuel our heroes. Hospital frontline workers helping the men and women of Markham Stobel Hospital, St. Michael's Hospital, Baycrest, and uh, other facilities around the GTA. Uh, thank you for your work. Thank you for taking the initiative. My boat partner, Jamie, you're a good man, and uh, I'm not surprised you're doing something like this. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me, and be safe. All the best. Cheers. Okay, great. Bye-bye. I'm Ed Romer. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region. Across our nation, in fact, really all over the world, businesses are being called upon to produce personal protective equipment. Amber Pay with a local company answering the call. Joining me now is Proto 3000 Marketing Manager Ruben Menezes about their commitment to our frontline workers and healthcare heroes. First of all, Ruben, for those of us who don't know about Proto 3000, what is it that you do? Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me. So Proto 3000 is one of the leading design, 3D printing, and 3D scanning companies in Canada. On a normal day, we're providing parts. We're making uh, a lot of the components needed in manufacturing, uh, so like jigs, fixtures, tooling. Uh, we do a lot of rapid prototyping. So before products come to market, they have to be prototyped, and we handle the bulk of that uh, in Canada. We also supply the equipment, so if companies want to look at bringing in 3D printing capabilities in-house, they're able to work with our our team and implement those solutions. And have you always made the PPEs, the personal protection equipment, or did this just come about with all the current climate and the need right now? So we're fortunate to be in an industry that can adapt so rapidly. Uh, With 3D printing, there's a concept called freedom of design, and essentially you're able to manufacture almost anything. So naturally, we were a great fit for pivoting our business to the needs of healthcare and the needs of our, our government in this current climate. So we, we, don't, we haven't always done PPE. We have always kind of been involved in the healthcare sector. Uh, 3D printing is a great tool being used in healthcare for surgical planning, 
uh, in the dental industry for uh, clear liners, for implants, all sorts of applications there. So we had experience in healthcare, but we weren't a PPE manufacturer. So we pivoted quickly. We took the technology we have, and we tried to apply it uh, as best we could. And what, what type of PPE are you making? So that's a great question. Um, when we set out on this journey, we asked ourselves, how can we make the biggest impact the quickest? Um, and ultimately, face shields were the best fit for our technology uh, early on. So that's what we're manufacturing right now. Uh, we are doing face shields for frontline workers and essential staff. Um, we, as this COVID-19 situation goes on, more and more applications are being approved for 3D printing, and we're going to start exploring those applications. So one on the horizon right now is swabs, oh. uh, nasal swabs for testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you know, looking at uh, interim solutions for N95 masks, for different ventilator parts and components, and even just replacement parts that are needed by companies who have also retooled their facilities or refocused their facilities to do COVID-related initiatives, we're able to help them with their production. So there's quite a lot on the horizon, and, you know, day-to-day we're, we're dealing with quite a few different projects ongoing. And so was this, was this Proto 3000's initiative to make the PPEs, or were you contacted? by the government for assistance? So both. Uh, we internally decided to apply our technology for the cause, but we have also been contacted by all levels of government, uh, majority of the hospitals in Canada, um, as well as, you know, essential workers, like those working at, you know, food companies and, and supplying, you know, our everyday needs during this time. Mm. And have you, have you already provided PPEs, or are you still in the creation process, or have you delivered some... What, what, what we're, in full, we're in full production. Uh, we delivered. We've uh, passed through the validation process. We're Health Canada approved. Uh, we've been producing now for a couple of weeks. Um, we some of the other applications are still in the certification process. But the shields uh, you've already sent the out. The shields are ready to go. Yeah. Are they ready to go, or have they already been distributed? Uh, they've been distributed, so we're already in production for different clients. And are you? Is this specific to Ontario or Canada, North America, worldwide? So we want to focus on the needs of Canada first. Um, we we feel we have you know an obligation to do that, and as things get better in Canada, we can look at supporting other countries. We're not going to limit this, but we want to be there for Canada first. And is there a target on how many you're making, or is it a constant flow that's happening uh, until the need is no longer required? So we, right now, we're making thousands a week, but we are looking at ways that we can increase that production. So, you know, once you have an idea, once you have a concept, um, and you have it rolling, then you can start considering ways to scale it. Mm. And that's what we're looking at now. You know, additional pieces of equipment, um, ways we can work with our partners uh, on scaling it up. Wow. And how many do you think, how many face masks do you, or face shields do you think you've uh, distributed by now? Um, we're, we're in the thousands. I, I'm not sure specifically, but we're in the thousands. Oh, okay. This has been so amazing and certainly appreciated, I know, from uh, across York region, across the province, and uh, staying in Canada as well. We so appreciate your time, Ruben. This is Ruben Menezes from Proto 3000, local business right here in Vaughan, doing great work to keep healthcare workers safe. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amber.
next on the feed, making the best of it when it comes to your car insurance, ways that you can actually save money during COVID-19. We are joined on the feed by Anne-Marie Thomas, insurance expert with insurancehotline.com. It's incredible to think that you can actually save money on your car insurance, Anne-Marie. You can. Insurance companies, like a number of other companies, um, some of them are offering relief to policyholders. So the first thing that people should do is reach out to their insurance company and find out if there's any discount or any kind of relief that that their company is offering. If your company is not offering you any relief, one of the things that you can do is if you have uh, two cars in your house, odds are one of them is sitting unused right now. So what you can do is take the driving coverages off one of the vehicles and just leave the comprehensive on. Make sure that you don't drive the vehicle without without insurance because you could end up in hot water that way but that's a taking the road coverage is off one of the vehicles is a great way to save money can you also safely think about reducing your auto insurance coverage absolutely you can reduce your auto insurance coverage by you know removing maybe the collision and comp alone. So the physical damage, the optional portions of your uh, policy, that could save you some money. You know, uh, keep just keep the mandatory liability on your car. That could certainly save you money. If, you, if you're not crazy about reducing the coverage altogether, speak with your insurance company about maybe increasing the deductible on the collision and comprehensive sections. That could save you some money. Or, you know, remove, you know, comprehensive coverage on an old vehicle. If you have an older vehicle sitting there that may be not worth very much, you might want to consider removing the comprehensive coverage on that. None of us is driving as much as we normally would at this point, so would you think about lowering your annual kilometer count? Absolutely. That's a that's a great way to quickly save some money. Uh, You know, so right now, we're all working from home. No one is driving to work. Typically, the auto insurance application asks you how many kilometers do you drive to work and how many kilometers do you drive annually. Well, these days, the answer is zero to work and likely a tenth of what you were driving annually previously. So let your insurance company know that, that those things have changed and it's quite likely your insurance premium will go down also. When you are speaking with your insurance company, do you ask them, first of all, you had mentioned that you ask about discounts, and if they say, yes, we do offer discounts, what would you be looking at? So from a percentage perspective, you could be looking at any anywhere from 10 to 20%. So ask your insurance company what discounts are available. So maybe you're a graduate of a university and your, and your insurance company has a group rate available with that university. So, you know, that you may not have known before. So find out about that. Uh, maybe ask your insurance company, what would I save if I brought my house and my car insurance together? So just ask what's available because you don't know what you don't know oftentimes. How much do you think we can save if we're talking percentage-wise? With a, with, uh, uh, so with a home and auto discount, if you bundle your policies together, you can save anywhere from 10 to 15% from each policy. So that's a considerable chunk. 
And with the other changes that you're making, so if you reduce your kilometers, you take one of the cars off the road, you know, you could seriously be looking at, if you did all of these things that I suggested, you could be looking at, you know, potentially 50% discount on your car insurance. Wow. So if you are not being offered discounts by your insurance company, is this a good time to shop around? Absolutely. It's always a good time to shop around, in my opinion. Insurance companies' rates change all the time. So you want to make sure that you're with the company that has the lowest rate for your profile. It takes 10 minutes online to get a quote. We'll give you a quote from over 30 companies. Even if you don't save money shopping around, at least you know you've done your due diligence and got the best rate for you. And what do you endeavor to do for people when they reach you at insurancehotline.com? So we are right now, we have a a whole load of information regarding COVID-19 and its effect on your insurance and you know, and, and what, if any, any impact it may have to your home insurance. We're actually right now in the middle of creating a sort of, um, hub where we will have all sorts of information COVID-19 related. That should be up very shortly. And where do people go for that great information, Anne-Marie? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. They can visit www.insurancehotline.com. And we'll, we're happy to help. Or you can reach out and email us at contactus at insurancehotline.com if you have a unique question for your situation, and I would be happy to answer those. Thank you so much for trying to help us all understand and save money. Much appreciated, Anne-Marie. Thank you. You're welcome. For the latest developments on COVID-19 and the exclusive updates from your Regents Medical Officer of Health, go to 1059theregion.com. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you for listening.